0: All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Taxi Squad podcast. Today is Thursday, February 15th, and we are back with your Week 19 preview. So as our boy Craig would say, Jay, start up those fairs, and let's get into it. Thank you everyone for listening my name is maddie kay and here with me tonight keeping the van cab warm are jay and alan gentlemen how are you doing tonight
1: oh man another uh, crazy night in goalie world corpus Allo did me no favors
0: yeah that stings
2: importantly though montenbo thank you sleeper agent secret agent sam montenbo
0: there is fantasy value in that montreal net every now and then that's great and fellas we have news that craig's been upgraded uh, from the ir to day to day He's been spotted at practice in a red jersey, screaming at the goalies for no particular reason. So we are excited to have him back real soon. And uh, before we get into tonight's episode, if you haven't done so already, we'd really appreciate a like and subscribe on any one of our social channels. Your podcast streaming service of choice. Follow us on YouTube and Twitter slash X. Our links are in the show notes. And our active Discord community, 2,500-plus members and counting. People talking all things life and fantasy hockey and everything in between. Uh, Come check us out and say hi. And fellas, speaking of YouTube, we have a bit of an announcement to make on the show tonight for everyone. So this Saturday, we'll be hosting our first-ever YouTube live stream, where we're going to be answering all of your start-sit questions heading into a full day of hockey with 26 teams in action this Saturday across the league. So please head on over to our YouTube channel. Tap that like and subscribe button while you're there. Join us at 11 a.m. Eastern this Saturday or 8 a.m. Pacific or 4 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Wherever it is you're listening to us from, stop by the channel, jump in the chat and say hi. And now it's about that time where we take the van cab around the league for some quick news and notes along with some injury updates. And our first stop is going to be in Sin City, Las Vegas. We have Shea Theodore now practicing in a non-contact jersey. Team says he's not going to play this week, but looking towards next week, they play four times. When he does come back, this certainly is going to affect the value of some of the other D playing the power play role that Theodore uh, was accustomed to. So I'm thinking Petrangelo here, uh, Alec Martinez spent time up there, Daniil Miramanov. Played four minutes of power play time last game. I'm not quite sure who that is, fellas, although it's a really fun name to say. But they need that stability back, so it's a good thing if Theodore is coming back for them. Moving over to Pittsburgh, this is tough to say, fellas. Jake Gensel was placed on long-term IR. He left last night's game with an upper body injury. He's expected to miss about four weeks, which would slate him back for about a mid-March return. Fellas, what do we do here? This forward group is decimated uh, they don't even get any cap relief for this injury because he's coming back before the end of the season like what does pittsburgh do here
1: well nothing you can do right now because no one's going to trade for him well the odds of someone trading for him hurt are slim to none but yeah i this is a guy that's either going to help you make the playoffs which the the math still checks out they could make it but you know, if you don't, then he's your biggest trade piece going into deadline.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, everyone in land is really cheering for the Pittsburgh Penguins to still stay the ship and stay the course somewhat to be playoff relevant. Otherwise, this could be really bad. Like, I don't know if the Pittsburgh Penguins would consider offloading and becoming sellers at, at the deadline if they end up going on a crazy torrential loss streak and playoffs become uh, a distant dream. That would suck for... Pittsburgh fans obviously first and foremost but definitely for us as fantasy owners as well uh, that team we were really hoping with I guess the guns and the trade acquisitions at the beginning and the preseason hasn't really worked out and a very unfortunate injury and very unfortunate timing as well.
0: So I think interestingly here Gensel's name has been out in trade talks for a little while now and a repercussion of that would be Pittsburgh is going to need to learn what life without Jay Hensel is going to be like if they ever are going to seriously entertain trading him. So they're going to get about a two-week audition right now going into the trade deadline where that team gets to play without Gensel. And to your point, Jay, if there's a, a nosedive that happens here, maybe that accelerates the odds of, of Gensel being moved. And I mean, again, I just organizationally, they got to just be sick to their stomachs after what they did in the off season to, to really make a, a push for this year. Um, it's, it's, things are not going great there in Pittsburgh for sure. Unfortunately in Detroit, the same thing can be said. Vili Huso came back and then immediately re-injured himself in uh, the game against Edmonton. And he is again, week to week. So Alex Lyon came in fellows and was immediately fed to the Wolves he allowed seven goals on 29 shots, and unfortunately for Detroit, the next four are not any easier. They play Vancouver, followed by Calgary, a bit of a respite, I guess, against Seattle, and then Colorado to follow that. They're right in the bubble. They're eighth in the East, so this stretch is going to really start to matter, and uh, Lions going to get a lot of starts I guess we would look at Reimer being somewhat relevant again on any sort of back-to-back scenarios, but again, I think your options would have to be pretty slim to be in that scenario, I think. Anybody taking shots with Reimer on a back-to-back?
1: Heck no. I mean, I know this is a team that has to win games, but absolutely not with Reimer. Like, he had a couple good starts beginning there, but... He turned into a pumpkin real quick.
2: It also depends which of the games Reimer gets with the back to back. Like looking forward, obviously goalies don't end up unless you're Joey DeCord. You don't end up playing, you know, five straight, eight straight games. If he ends up playing back to backs only, Reimer could potentially in the coming week nineteen get the Blackhawks. I know they just got Bedard back, but hmm, I don't know. I fancy anyone's chances against the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh,
0: Jade, that's called burying the lead, my guy. That is burying the lead. <laughs> Connor Bedard, ladies and gentlemen, is back in the NHL as of tonight. I'm qu- not quite sure oh, sorry, what they're doing. Know. No, <laughs> I'm not quite sure what they're doing. I don't think it's very much because they are still Chicago. The, the roster is still pretty bleak, even with him in it. But the NHL is a better league when Connor Bedard is in it and on the ice. So that is really exciting. Another Connor, maybe to balance out the universe. Uh, Bedard is back in the lineup. Unfortunately, Connor Ingram left the game, uh, last night after in the second period, uh, with an undisclosed injury. He's expected to be out only like a week, week and a half. So I would say for, for certainly for this coming week, uh, and into the following week, fire up your Vay I guess with confidence. I mean, Arizona's been I think playing a lot better than, than people would have expected this year. So if you need the starts, he's going to get volume. I hope Ingram comes back because he's had a pretty special year for, for somebody that wasn't really high on a lot of people's radars. Moving over to Buffalo, UPL is day to day with a lower body injury. I don't really have a lot more on this uh, at this moment. You guys heard anything else on this
1: actually just came through via the Twitters. sounds just came like- across the wire. Yeah, Granado said there's a good chance, in quotes, that he could start Saturday. So it may not be day-to-day for very long. Oh, okay,
0: good. I mean, he's been on a pretty good run lately, too, so.
1: Yeah, it's insane what, like, in his last 12 starts, like, 110 of them, 930 save percentage. If you need help and goal, definitely a grab
2: right now while he's hot. I mean, Buffalo's got really nobody else, right? Like, you're looking right now, they've they've sent... Devin Levi to the miners. They're starting Eric Comrie in a 4 nothing drubbing from Florida tonight. Dustin Tokarski? I, I would say
0: Tekarski's back.
2: Yeah. They have 1% ownership between Comrie and Takarski combined, right? So this there's basically, yeah, it's it's real, real slim pickings for Buffalo here. I don't even know. Like even if UPL wasn't perfectly healthy, you'd kinda you kinda almost feel like, you know, yeah give the groin a little extra stretch and just hope for it. You know, like you, you need somebody out there in the net.
0: Well, hopefully UPL's back because that's been a, uh, a really great stream for uh, GMs over the past, probably two to three weeks at a very critical time in the season. So hopefully he comes back. Uh, another guy making his return tonight, Victor Arvidsson for the LA Kings. Uh, they played the uh, New Jersey Devils tonight. So he's going to return. I believe he's going to be playing with Deneau and Moore with a bit of power play time sprinkled in. I mean, Arvidsson's a player that I always want to do well, and it never quite translates when you actually do own him. He takes a ton of shots. He doesn't seem to convert on nearly as many of them as I would like them to. And I always just he's he's always on the wire. He just permanently lives on the wire. I don't know if it's the same in your league, but in, in he's just there. So on weeks where they have a favorable schedule, he's there.
1: Yeah, it looks like that game just ended. He had fifteen forty three time on ice with five shots five shots
0: there we go no goals right no, no goals. goals no <laughs> goals but here we he, go.
1: he did get that power play time looks like probably top unit he has some of the most power play time on ice
0: exciting though that we we spent probably five to ten minutes talking about the injury report here and i think we definitely had way more players coming back into the league than we had league uh, players coming uh, out of the league so that is exciting and what we will do is i mean from a storyline standpoint the thing that really stands out um, over in Columbus, Yarmo Kekalainen, the general manager, has been relieved of his duties. Uh, John Davidson, the president, along with the team's hockey operations and uh, department and management team, uh, will assume the general manager's duties while the club goes through the process of hiring a replacement. It really feels like this is a bit of a safe face move for John Davidson. Uh, this is just my opinion, but I don't really know why. Clubs seemingly fall over themselves to protect the image of this guy other than he's just been around hockey for a very long time. But uh and I mean, talk of his demise has kind of been around all year. And it, there was a time not too long ago where he was being praised as, I think like never losing a trade and always a shrewd GM. And now that he's been relieved, I got to go back and check that scorecard. Cause I mean, maybe it's recency bias, but I, haven't, I can't think of a good move that's come out of that organization. I mean, in I will the say handful.
1: the year they went all in, you know, they threw all their picks to the wind and went out and got all those guys at deadline to, to win that one series in his, <laughs> what, 20 something years, 11 years, 11 years as GM. Like, that was cool. Like, that's exciting for your fans. And like, living near Columbus. They deserve like a good team there. Like they're a very passionate fan base there in Columbus.
2: Wait, was that the year that they humbled the? They canceled, they canceled the playoffs. It was. It was the year they canceled the playoffs. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I guess it was to a bummer too. The, <laughs> you have to understand, as a Leafs fan, we've been we've been the the team that's also had canceled playoffs and every year it's the, the weirdest Jackets thing. Ours too. Yeah, you're just yeah, numb to wild. this,
0: Jay. Yeah, over time, you just develop your, your, a callousness to it where it just doesn't affect you the same way as, as somebody who who sees their team lose tragically for maybe the first time.
2: Oh, no, the um, Buffalo Bills fellas, are, are slowly sneaking oh, into the league. I was
0: purposely avoiding that, that, that topic. <laughs> but we will segue ever so naturally into a mailbag question, actually, that we got from one of our uh, Discord members from Todd in the Discord channel. Hey, boys. Looking at keepers for next year and subsequent years and could use some advice. On D, I have Evan Bouchard, Luke Hughes, Jamie Drysdale, Brock Faber, Brant Clark, and Philip Ronick. Who would be the best to keep and who should be sold off for parts? 11-player keeper. So we're going to qualify this with, I would like to know a little bit more about your league in terms of scoring, in terms of how many players if you're keeping 11 on average would be defensemen in that type of scenario. I mean, we took a look at this together and identified probably two players, one for sure, you know, that you're keeping in Bouchard. Faber seems to really have jumped up that list as well. Again, this all depends on how aggressive you want to be on the back end in, uh, in the guys you want to keep. I look at who could potentially be a dude. Evan Bouchard is becoming or is a dude right now. Line one, power play one. Faber is emerging and doing some of that this year as well. And he's not doing it this year, but Hughes certainly has the pedigree and the potential to do that, uh, depending on what happens with uh with Hamilton next year and deployment. The other three, I are really good players, but I don't necessarily know that they have the ceiling of the first three. What do you think, fellas?
2: I think Bouchard and Faber, absolutely. As you mentioned, Maddie that's those two are the guys. It's kind of embarrassing, too, because I was looking at the LA Kings before, trying to figure who that last guy on the power play that got bumped off was. I found him. I think it looks like it's Quinton Byfield, which is really unfortunate for him and any owners. But that's the problem, right? You're looking at that team, and that's when you scroll down at the very bottom, and you realize, oh, there he is, Brandon Clark. The guy that gets 13 minutes a night, so it's it's a tough sell, especially so long as Drew Doughty defies father time and continues eating up and vacuuming up all those big money minutes. Um, and I I don't know off the top of my head Drew Doughty's contract, but it does I, I do remember him signing a big one several years back. So uh, it's a question if he ages. Exactly like Brent Burns, like uh, Pavelski. It's going to be a tough time even if you're holding on to Brandon Clark. You're really going to have to dream up some you know, fantastical future scenarios for uh, Clark to eat up especially something as valuable as a keeper spot. Mind you, this could be famous last words. Like, next season could be the season that it <laughs> turns out Doughty turns the milk. And then Brant Clark was the guy all along. But right now, I don't see it. Right now, I see a guy that's getting 13 minutes, time on ice. I mean, even the minutes that don't go to Doughty are still getting suctioned off elsewhere, right? Like, where's Matt Waugh going to play? Or, or Mikey Anderson, right? Like, these are all guys that they're, they're trusted with the minutes and you kind of just wonder where Clark's minutes would have gone and why he isn't getting as much time unless he is just a prioritized uh, power play defenseman um, in the same vein as... Oh, who's that guy that left the Minnesota Wild uh, mid, midway through the season for Drysdale? Who's that guy? Kalen Addison? Yeah, like unless you're like Kalen Addison and you only get a couple of minutes to play your power play, is that the ceiling for Brandon Clark? It, it kind of seems like it. I would say there's one player, if anything, in the potential keeper that seems most interesting of those names. I'd consider Hronik purely for the concept of he's a young guy that's basically made whichever team he's joined as the second-best defenseman better. Right? He improved Detroit in the back end last season. He competed with Sider for a spot. He came this season and has shored up strongly Uh, Vancouver's power plate two, And even when there were injuries up front and he made his time in the sun and then the power plate one, he was still valuable. Uh, He's, he's a winner, right? You want him on winning teams. I don't know necessarily if that translates everything into fantasy, but imagine the sad, terrible reality. If Quinn Hughes got hurt, terrible for Vancouver, terrible for us as hockey fans, great for Philip Ronick owners. So, I think Hronik is definitely the other, the third player out of those three that I would definitely consider. Truthfully, beyond Bouchard and beyond Faber, unless your league heavily, heavily emphasizes defensemen for some reason or you have to keep more than three, I don't know if the other guys necessarily budge and move the needle for me. I think it's just Bouchard, Faber, gun to the head, maybe Hronik. What about you, Alan?
1: Yeah, we're all in consensus. Bouchard is like the immediate guy you keep. Luke Hughes and Drysdale, I feel like are probably a couple years out from being keeper level. Especially if if you need if you're in a league that has any kind of banger stats at all. Drysdale, I feel like he's just while well, Torts is in control, he's not going to get that consistent top power play deployment for a while. Faber, I'm on the fence on. If you're in like a Cats League or a league that, you know, again, those bangers are worth something. Yeah, Faber blocks a lot. Uh we were talking about um Brant Clark. More of a dynasty hold. Uh, he's a pretty highly rated defensive prospect in the Kings. Again, yeah, like Jay said, I don't think, while well, Dowdy's in that he does anything. Hironic, I think he's a guy you can let go and you could probably get him again in the draft. I I don't know. He was, he was hot to start the year. I think we can all agree on that, but he is absolutely cooled off even after moving Kuzmenko because I think he would slot in on that top power play. Uh, when you know they were benching Kuzmenko. Uh,
0: just to clarify, fellas, eleven sheets a year on that Doughty contract through twenty six, twenty seven. So that is an immovable object on the back end oh, wow. in <laughs> terms of their salary cap, and and hopefully his performance continues. He's a great player, and I like the way he plays, but eleven million is a lot of money um, <laughs> for for him to be playing for the next three years. So we've talked players, we've talked injuries, we've talked players coming back in. What we haven't talked about is week 19 yet. So let's dip into this with Alan first, uh, get into the schedule, and then we'll move over to Jay and we'll talk a little bit around the strategy that we're going to look into going into this week. So Alan, take us in.
1: So this week, we're back back to real business. It's a great week to stream, pick up guys, make moves. But of note, Monday, not an off day like normal. Uh, President's Day in the U.S. Uh, a lot of people have off, so there are more games than normal 10 games. And then Tuesday is a busy day ish. It's exactly half the league. So just because it's not a quote off day doesn't mean you won't be able to fit people in. But the best schedules are Buffalo, Chicago, and Columbus. They all have four games with three off nights. And then you got Anaheim, Edmonton, and Winnipeg, four games with two off nights. And then uh, Boston, Carolina, Detroit, Minnesota, Nashville, New Jersey, New York Rangers, Tampa and Toronto all have four games with one off night. And the worst schedule for the week is San Jose with two games. So I don't I don't think anyone really is holding any of them right now. But streamers Boone Jenner dudes back and he is still less than 50 percent owned at the moment center left wing three points in his last two games line one power play one. Business is booning again. You got to grab him. J.J. Paterka, right winger on Buffalo, 18%. Seven points in his last five. Currently line two with Cousins and Benson. And then Adam Henrique, center left wing for Anaheim, 33%. Recently snapped a seven-game, 11-point streak. And he is line one with a half-ish of the power play time. Josh and I talked a little bit last night. It sounds like... The unit he is on is the top unit, even though it doesn't have like Carlson, Troy Terry, Minchikov on it. But the power play times pretty split. Uh, goalies, you have got a few back to backs to start the week. I'd say the two to watch out for, the two backups to watch out for, are to Smith in Vancouver and uh, Bressois in Winnipeg. Um, Elvis, 21% owned, probably easily available for you. And Columbus has some very winnable matchups coming up this week. They do. And um, I didn't do so hot tonight, but Sam Erson, 47%. So around that just-go-check territory. But he, before tonight, won three of his last four starts. Big boy bangers on Dallas, Yanni Hockenpah. I always go straight to him anytime Dallas has a great schedule. 17%. He's good for hits and blocks. In his last game, he had nine hits. Uh, I didn't see what he got tonight, but I know they played tonight. And then Toronto, Jake McCabe, uh, 22%. Solid three to five hits a game, and with Riley's or Morgan Riley suspended, he is seeing that power play one quarterback slot. Pick him up for what that's worth, but that's the upside. You pick him up for the the hits, and then uh, Nashville Jeremy Lazon, current league leader in hits by about fifty hits, and in his last game alone he had ten. I don't know if that's oh after God. any kind of audit, but <laughs> take that for what it's worth, and
2: I will kick it over to Jay. Can you imagine if you got one hit and they're just like, "All right, guys," and then no, no, we gotta, we right gotta beside. watch the tape. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Alan. My goodness, a lot of, a lot of good streamers, as uh, both 90 K and Alan mentioned before this specific week. Uh, one strategy I was actually picking out just uh, as a holdover as well would be look at any teams that currently are playing on week 18 Sunday and look to see if you can hold them over into the week 19 as a double up and an extra save holder ad. Just speaking off the cuff, I'm sure there are going to be other teams as well. Look, just looking around glancing, but the first one that rolls off the top of the head is week 18. Arizona had a great four day, four off night schedule. Uh, Don't drop those Arizona Coyotes quite yet. If anything, for example, think I think a good good target would be Karel Vishmelka right now, especially as he's getting he's going to be getting the next seven days, and it's great for Arizona. They're going to play Week 18 Friday, Sunday, and they're actually going to do the Week 18 Sunday and Week 19 Monday back-to-back, so he's probably not going to get both, but Karel is most likely going to get one of those games, I guess it'll work out in that way where if you need that particular week in the win, uh, you're crossing your fingers to see which start he ends up getting. But hopefully, if he's on your team, then you can make that decision. Hold over any Coyotes because early, early in week 19, they play the Monday-Wednesday back-to-back. And my goodness, you can choose to hold for both and save that ad. You could even just hold for the Monday and then try to maximize uh, from a Tuesday morning drop. Okay, so... Other teams, if you were looking to drop, San Jose is a good one, but that whole team is likely unowned anyway. For Hurdle, for any managers holding him, just you know, make sure you slotted him into your IR plus. Unfortunately, he's actually eligible now for your IR general slot as well. And uh, in terms of Monday Tuesday back to backs, you have what Dallas, Minnesota, Ottawa, Vancouver, Vegas, and Winnipeg. Just a couple of names to rattle off for Dallas. You have Mason Marchment, 41%. Left wing, uh, he gets power play two time. Other power play two guys, Wyatt Johnston, right? He's also dual eligible center right wing.
1: Dude, he's cooking right now. I'd say he's the guy to grab from Dallas.
2: Yeah, he absolutely cooked me, but thank goodness it's a <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> thank goodness it's a long long week. Uh, Yanni Hockenbaugh as well. I looked and I couldn't really believe it because he seemed really highly like he see our obviously our points league is a very bangers focused uh, league, but he seemed extremely high relative to his unproduction, production, if you want to call it that. But he has he has tons of bangers. He has over 150 hits, 100 blocks, 17 percent ownership with no power play time. This guy, this guy definitely needs to be owned, especially in bangers leagues. And Another early possible candidate, in addition to the suggestions that Allen made for uh, goalie starts for Laurent Brossois and for Casey DeSmith, Wedgwood, right? He's still only 13% owned. Dallas, obviously, is smashing. Minnesota's got a couple of those guys with uh, big ads as well. So Jake Middleton is another guy where he has no seeming point production, but just in terms of sheer volume 110 hits, 110 blocks. 8% ownership, doesn't get any power play time, but still worthwhile to consider. Uh, I'm just going to rattle some Minnesota names because they they flip that power play 1 and 2, and they I think they're rolling with five forwards at a certain point. You have Hartman, Marco Rossi, Marcus Johansson. Uh, these guys get power play 1, power play 2. They're all under 20% owned. Some of these guys are even under 10%, 5% owned. Uh, Jonas Brodeen also gets power play 2. He's 5% owned. Probably the best value. I know he's really high for a spot start. He's Marc-Andre Fleury with 56%. Just go check. It still means that almost half of leagues don't have him owned. Let's move on to Ottawa for the other back-to-back. And it's, it's basically all centers, right? Uh, in descending order of ownership, there's Josh Norris, Shane Pinto, and Ridley Greek. right? All these guys are having they're having their spot in the sun and spot in the limelight uh Ridley Greek especially with all that jazz with Riley and the kerfuffle that came with that but even just without it just at a 3% ownership he's getting line 3 power play 2 minutes extremely valuable especially in far deeper leagues Vancouver is a tougher team to find value I was even saying like Dakota Joshua is out right now Might be worth if you have like time ahead of time to just snag him onto an IR plus spot if you can spare the ad. And aside from that, it's really tough, right? We're saying we're talking Connor Garlands, we're talking Niels Hoglander, right? Like it's these guys are getting 12 minutes a night. Like they're Hey man, don't you forget,
1: Phil the Thrill is skating in Abbotsford right now. (laughs) He might make the team.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's probably, you know, an extra hot dog away from, you know, bucking bucking. He was upper.
0: pretty buckled over in the video that Did I saw.
1: Costco's in in Vancouver? Yeah, they, they had a video okay.
0: of him in practice kind of finishing off a drill and he was just absolutely gassed. <laughs> and I don't know if that was five minutes into practice. Everybody else seemed to be moving pretty good. But Felipe was not.
2: I mean, he's bringing, he's bringing the the championship pedigree here, man, from the Penguins, from the Golden Knights. I mean, is it time for the Penguins? Press boxing the Golden Knights? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's to oh, box boxing the Golden Knights. Oh, man. Um, but it's got to come back north of the border eventually, right? Is it time for Phil to throw the it back? I don't know. Uh, if you can't tell, though, guys, don't actually add Phil <laughs> up. Oh, my goodness. do to actually add Philip Kessel to your team.
0: I mean, not when Nils Hoglander's there. He scored goals in three straight.
2: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Hoglander. Okay. Uh, it's in the name. Take no, again, another
0: 11-minute, another 11- or 12-minute wonder per night. I mean, you're just, you're rolling the dice when somebody's on the ice that little. You know, think about it, like three minutes a period, four minutes oh, a period. Geez. It's like three or four shifts. Yeah. Right? So... I mean, it's great he's got hot. If your league is deep enough where you need to take a swing on Nils Holglander, best of luck. But to your point, I think there's better options with a little bit more confidence that they're going to produce for us.
2: But don't forget Casey to Smith, as Alan mentioned, too. Um, they've got early games. Vegas right now is in the state with Jack Eichel, where he's not he's not playing. Really, it could be exactly an IR situation where, who knows, magically come... April, you know, mid-April, uh, end of April. Uh, he's 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 back. He's back, and he's all healed up. And it was the magical juice they didn't rub on oint, magical ointment they didn't rub on until the end of April. Now, Ivan Barbashev, Nicholas Roy, Chandler Stevenson. No one really knows. I think. Of all of them, deployment-wise, Chandler Stevenson's getting line two, power play one. Um, but he doesn't seem to do much with it. Like, points? Not really. Does he shoot? Not really. He doesn't really even bang that much either. He does he does sufficiently enough where he's, you know, like in the conversation, but he never dominates it. I would say, if anything, if you're in uh, a specific Leagues, maybe face-off leagues or anything, Barbashev and Nicholas Roy, like maybe with their ownership rates and maybe with their power play 2 access, uh, that's worth considering. Um, both of them are getting line 1 time as well, so that might be uh, explaining why their minutes upticks are so high. The two defensemen, the two towers, basically the, the M-squared that are blocking everything, and McNabb and Martinez and I looked at some of the stats and it was insane. So McNabb is already crazy. He's got 146 blocks in 53 games. So that's basically around three blocks a game. And then you have Alec Martinez, who's got 121 blocks in 36 games. And so I know he's got less blocks overall, but he's also played like a third less games. You need these two guys. I know they're probably already out-rostered in your categories leagues, but if you don't and you somehow uh, lucked out with Alec Martinez, he's 11% owned right now. Maybe even Bray McNabb, he's 35% owned. If they're both available, just take both of them. They've got a great schedule this week, um, and you probably should hold them too. I don't know if uh, three blocks a night guys are just casually lounging around in your league, and especially on your wire. In Winnipeg, we've got a couple of guys to suggest as well. I just picked the guys with low, low ownerships, right? You got Niederreiter, Monaghan, Velarde. Uh, they're all hovering around uh, in and around 20% ownership. Even Velarde is a dual eligible center right wing and Sean Monahan's only center and Niederreiter's only right wing. They get, they get power play two time, power play one time. You're basically grabbing them for the Monday back to Monday, Tuesday back to back uh, and Alan as he mentioned, don't forget Brosois for the spot start. Now, once you've doubled up on those guys, or any of those players for the back-to-back, you can also consider the Monday, Wednesday, Friday off nights. So two of these teams have actually the dream schedules. And I say dream schedules in the sense that it's they're all off nights, but I don't know if I would necessarily recommend you pick up all these players. It, it, In mainly the sense that there are so many teams playing well and so many teams to choose from in this, I guess, particular juicy streaming schedule for Week 19 that you might want to pair it out into either a Monday-Wednesday or maybe a Monday-Wednesday-Friday slot, and then you can splice it, drop the guys, and try to target some Saturday-Sunday back-to-backs or some Thursday-Saturday-Sunday th- best uh, or three games out of four nights setups. We'll mention the f- dream off-night schedules anyway. Uh, you have Buffalo and Chicago, and they're—well, Buffalo Chicago just— I know Bedard is back, but he's 94%. He's already not there. So who else is going to play with them? It's just you're choosing, right? You're basically hitting the nail and hoping it sticks, right? I guess, obviously, Nick Foligno, right? He's line one power play one. His center has upgraded from Jason Dickinson. No offense to Jason Dickinson, but from Jason Dickinson to Connor Bedard, that's a significant upgrade. Seth Jones, right? Like, he was 88% owned to, you know, start the season or 94% owned to start the season, something like that. And now he's 52% owned. Uh, The player is, I guess, returning from injury, sure, but he's still getting over 25 minutes a night. Half the leagues that don't have him should at least have him up. The last guy to own would probably be Peter Morazic, right? Like 33% ownership, but that defense is a sieve, right? So all the pucks are going through on net. Like unless they're breaching and like bucking the back of the net, then it's got to hit something and it's got to be Marazic. Uh He's still going to be what, around a 900 save goalie and the volume's always going to be there.
1: I just saw that. Uh, yeah, 9-1-0 on the season with the Blackhawks. And league average this season is 903. Like somehow this man is better than league
0: average on chicago that's wild it really is he's been doing league? it all year too oh. it hasn't been like a burst he's been pretty yeah. consistently above average all year long i was and waiting to your for him point, to get injured in like game two that's right he the volume is great and in points leagues for sure he's been delivering every single week
2: it's actually insane that I joked, but they are genuinely the worst team in the league. The San Jose Sharks have caught the Chicago Blackhawks, ladies and gentlemen. My goodness. And yet, there is this shining beacon in the back of the net, only a 33% owned Peter Morazic. Like, he should definitely get some kudos. Mind you, I would only say two. I think Maddie K mentioned it before, and it's really stuck with me, since there is a difference in strategizing for a Cats league and a Points league, and for the percentage leagues there was probably a different option and a better option than him there somewhere. I would say Edmonton has a fantastic schedule as well, almost the ideal setup where you are having three off nights and then a Friday-Saturday back-to-back, so if you can fit all those players and all those games in, you actually have an additional ad potentially to use on Sunday to shore up your games, or further, you can even extend into week 20 uh, scheduling and planning, but I mean, it's Edmonton. That's the other problem, too. I'm going to roll out some of these names. I'm not even going to read out their stats because you know these guys aren't going to be the main players, right? These are just the guys that are available that are left over, right? The what was the phrase? Sloppy seconds, you know, like that's that sort of setup. So there you got what Matthias Eckholm. I know he's there. Everyone says his name because there's nobody else. Warren Fogel. Same, same idea. Connor Brown, right? I think he's dropped to line four now, but frick, he's still Connor Brown. Like, hopefully something happens in the Oilers. Uh, Corey Perry, uh, after being dropped from the Blackhawks, he's now joined on to Edmonton, right? So hopefully he gets some run. Uh, maybe maybe he keeps, like, climbing the ranks. You know, he's, uh, he's one of
1: those guys you hate unless he's on your yes. team.
2: Yes, yes. He's a bonafide winner is what he is. He's a bonafide winner that is hated by everyone except when he's on your team and then he's beautiful. Edmonton also plays a back-to-back on the Friday and Saturday. Calvin Pickard, maybe? Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-backs as well. There's Columbus on that team, and it's basically Boone Jenner's right now at 40% ownership, which means in most leagues, hilariously, he is available. So if he's available in your league, go pick him up now because they have an an amazing, amazing Week 19 schedule. And then the second part is if you see Boone Jenner in another manager's Team name beside it, then you can be sad for a second. Oh, I guess Renski too. He's at 62% ownership, but he's probably already gone. But you basically have, what, Kirill Marchenko, Johnny Goudreau, and I actually have to scroll down and check, but I guess Adam Bogfist also is getting Power Play 1 minutes. So uh, any one of those guys gets the Columbus Blue Jackets Power Play 1, which is as good or as bad as you envision that to be. Aside from that, like... This week is just a dandy doozy. It is an immense opportunity for you. It should be pretty rewarding. Now, we're going to roll into the streamers of the week for week 19. I'm going to jump into it first. and I'm going to say and stick to, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup champs. I think those centers are going to step up real big time for, I guess, the absence of Eichel, Nicholas Waugh, and there's Alec Martinez. You get those two guys... And your lineup should be pretty much set. Uh, Dual eligibility, you'll be able to play him everywhere. And Alec Martinez, his only problem was not that he didn't play well. His only problem was he couldn't stay healthy. I think those two, Nicholas Raw, Alec Martinez. And I will send it on over to you, Matt K.
0: Yeah, I like those choices staying in Vegas there. I'm going to move a little bit around here. I'm going to grab a player from two different teams And really take advantage of two really good schedules coming into next week. So my first player is going to be from Buffalo and I'm going to go with JJ Paterka, 18% owned. He is doing the thing that I love the most when I'm talking about, uh, picking up a streamer, which is he shoots the puck. Three shots on game is, or shots on goal, sorry, is the lowest he's had, uh, in the past seven or eight games. He scored five goals in those last seven or eight games. And, uh, Buffalo has a great schedule coming up. He is online too playing with Dylan Cousins, and he's actually one of the bright spots in Buffalo for this year. So I will certainly add an 18% own JJ Perturka and stream him for four games. And boys, I got the second one's a, a bit more of a feeling. It's a gut. It's, it's a, a gut. High play. risk, high reward. It especially is. Especially on that team. So it's it. we're going to go to another fantastic schedule in Winnipeg, and I'm feeling like this is a Nino week. And I know this only happens two or three times a year. He's 17% owned for a reason. So he went 15 games in a row without scoring a goal. And then he scored, actually, not last game, but the game before against Pittsburgh. And then didn't do anything his previous game. To me, and the team as a whole has been basically doing the exact same thing. In their last eight games, they've scored nine goals as a team. So for me, that's like, there's too much talent on that team that is compressing a coil tighter and tighter and tighter and sooner or later they're going to explode for an offensive performance over a span of a couple weeks. And I think Nino has gone a, a, a bit too many games without having an impact on that score sheet. He's taking shots on net three shots to five shots per game uh, over the last four to five games. So he's doing the things that goal scorers need to do So I'm going to push my chips in on a Nino week. To your point, I think it's a little bit more high-risk, high-reward. But without having the standings offhand, I think I'm doing pretty well in this this year. So I'm going to take a bit of a swing in uh, Week 19. Alan, over to you, my man. Well, uh, before I get into mine,
1: Craig's streamer picks for Week 19 are Boone Jenner. No surprise there. And uh, he's he's going high-risk, high-reward, too, with Nick Foligno, banking on that bedard deployment
0: see i think that's good because the the boone jenner pick is about as big of a layup as you could possibly have for an under 50 choice for a streamer given that i think in any league um of of relevance or importance boone jenner is probably not available but he is under 50 percent. he does meet that criteria it's a shrewd pick by our boy craig but yeah hopefully nick felino brings a hell of a lot more (laughs) variance into that score this week.
1: And then uh, mine, I'm going Troy Terry of the Ducks. He is, again, just barely under that 50%. Uh, he had two assists tonight. I feel like if there's any week where he's really going to do something for you, it's next week. And in that right-wing scarcity, probably pretty easy to fit in your lineups. And then I, this one's also a feeling. I have held Monahan since he first got traded yes. to Winnipeg and really hasn't done anything. But I don't know. I, I kind of feel like next week is the week where they could get it together. They got a couple couple games against low-hanging fruit chicago You've bought into the coil you've bought into
0: the coil theory yeah
1: you know it's it's been long enough they they may have had time to build some chemistry there well that's going to be it for the week 19 preview thanks for listening everyone good luck
0: and good hockey this week great talking hockey fellas sorry that was terrible great talking hockey fellas can't wait to do it again
2: we'll pick you up later